What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Dean Montalbano. No Ray today. It's really slacking. Is this the it, first time we ever two man dust two? Yeah, first time for uh, for Saucy and Dino. Is that why I like this? Feels, is that why it feels so good? Yeah, we got to do this more often. Or our attractiveness level like went way up. Way up. Holy shit. Yeah. That guy is hit. <laughs> that guy is hit. Gave some bullshit excuse about buying shoes at DSW. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I really wish he lied to us because that was pretty brutal. Uh but we got a good pod today. We got a good app. Yeah, got a got, got a good one. Uh as we head into this off season now, we're gonna look back at some of the off seasons we really liked. Mm-hmm. And maybe one or two that left us uh wanting a little bit more, we'll say. Um, but let's get right into it, Dino. Give me uh give me your first team that you really like their offseason. Yeah. First, before I say that, I do want to say I really, you know, when we were doing this exercise and I'm going back looking at all these offseasons, a ton of teams, dude, really, really improve their team a lot. And mm-hmm. it's it's hard to see because obviously, you know, w- whether there's gonna be winners, there there of course needs to be losers. So it's gonna be interesting to see whose off seasons don't really pan out as as much as we, you know, see them and most of that is usually due to being unfor- you know unfortunate injuries and just getting the injury bug on teams which we see happen all the time. Right. But my my number one uh not even my number one this is in no particular order. Uh my first off-season winner is going to be no surprise the Panthers at least in my opinion. Uh first you got to start with Frank, you know Frank Reich who I actually did not know this. He threw the first ever touchdown for the Panthers in 95. He was Did like, he really? Yes, I did not know that. Wow. I'm the only person. Good. I'm, it makes me feel better that uh, you didn't know <laughs> it either. But anyway, now he's their head coach. Very, very accomplished head coach for his six years at, you know, in, in, in Indianapolis. He tallied 41 wins, made the playoffs twice. And we know how much of a headache that quarterback position was for them. So to accomplish that was, you know, very impressive. Him and Ballard did a, did a very good job. We obviously thought that they would do better, but... Nonetheless, he's a very good coach. I don't think anyone else would think otherwise. Uh, this is already a very solid roster and a brutal division in football as well. That needs to be noted. We talk about it all the time. You never know in NFL. That's why it's the best professional sports league in you know in the world, in my opinion. NHL has great parity as well, but parity in the NFL is just bar none. So they go out, though. They The first thing they do that, you know, raise your eyebrows at least, is they trade up to get their number one quarterback. They get the number one quarterback in the draft, at least by my opinion and most people's opinion. And, um, you know, then they surround him really during during free agency before they even drafted him and went up and got him. Uh, I think they they really did a good job of surrounding him with people to, you know, players to make him successful. And that's all I care about for this team. They do have a very solid roster, but I don't care too much about what they did on the on the defensive side. They got a young quarterback, especially one who's who's unprecedentedly smaller than anyone who's ever come in to the NFL. I mean, you're seeing the videos on Twitter of him at training camp, rookie minicamp, whatever it may be. He looks <laughs> dwarf size. He actually looks like the living meme of Kyler Murray, which is so <laughs> funny. Um, because you didn't think it could get smaller than that, but now Kyle Murray like is much bigger. So, uh, but I know that this might not 
sound like a guy to surround and make him successful. But in my eyes, it's a big one. It's Andy Dalton. You get the red rifle in there. You get a guy who's very accomplished and could be a, you know, a very good backup and uh, potentially help mentor him. I, I think Andy's a good dude. I think that he is fine with that role. They get, they sign uh Miles Sanders. They sign Adam Thielen. They sign DJ Chark. And they draft uh, Jonathan Mingo, not the biggest Mingo fan, but, you know, he does have a ton of potential. Uh, big, 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 big body for him. They signed Hayden Hurst, who could be a potential uh, security blanket for Bryce Young. And honestly, is a guy who who flashed as being a very, very good receiving tight end. And my favorite signing, and I'll leave it here, my favorite signing being center Bradley Bozeman. Uh, really rounding out an O-line that is definitely in the top 10 conversation. Would not be surprised to see them be in the top five if Iki Iquanu, who we loved out of college last year, is a really good left tackle for them, which I think is very possible. Right. Yeah, I I really like what the Panthers did this offseason. Obviously, it starts with, with Bryce Young and his development and how he fits with this team, but I agree with you. I think their offensive line is young and they're growing. I think Taylor Moten was a really nice re-signing for them. He's a really good player at right tackle. And this defense, they they showed up last year. They were feisty. And this whole team, honestly, was was really feisty towards the end of the year. I mean, giving away Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. and uh, who else did they, they lose last, last year too? Well, they lost. I did not point it out, but they did also lose DJ Moore in it. But that right. he's not going to re-sign. It was great to, you know, use him as a chip to deal and, you know, go up to number one spot. Cause as you know, going up for a quarterback from where they go nine to one mm-hmm. that's a ransom, that's a King's ransom and a half. They didn't even, they paid a lot, but with that DJ Moore uh, piece, I, I, I really think that helped them not give up too much draft capital. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned it, this whole division is in transition and they're a team that could easily sneak in. And and win this division if oh, especially if Bryce Young plays well. This is a talented team. I mean, Shaq Thompson and Luvu in the middle of this defense. They got Burns, who is obviously great at times. Derek Brown, who's a beast in the middle of that. JC Horn is awesome. I mean, they have they have a they have guys for sure. Yeter Gross Matos, you don't know. Go state. Uh maybe maybe he develops a little bit. He did not have a great season, but definitely possible. Long, long, long pass rusher for them. Yeah, I I really like what they did, and uh, and I've always been a big Frank Reich fan. And I think he is one of the best uh, quarterback whispers, if you will, in, in the league. So I really love what they did, and uh, yeah, look out for the Panthers in the in that NFC South because that division, like we said, is poo poo. All right, let me uh, let me get to my first team. I don't think it's a, a surprise to any of the listeners. I'm going to bring up the Detroit Lions. Um, Really love what what they did this offseason. Thought this was a really big offseason for them. Last year, you kind of saw the fruits of their labor start to come to fruition. They had a shot to make the playoffs last year in week 18 against Green Bay Packers. Didn't get it done, but this team was really set up nicely. They got young pieces, and they had a capable quarterback in Jared Goff to do so. Uh, But if you look at this team last year, the defense needed to improve big time. They were bottom five in uh, points per game allowed. The secondary needed to get stronger. The linebacking core needed to get stronger. And then I think as kind of a a secondary tertiary 
goal for them this offseason was to find a plan for quarterback after Jared Goff, after his contract is up. Um, and I think they really hit all these needs really, really well throughout their offseason. In free agency, they brought in Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, three big-time DBs. That we start re- from right away, dude. That it's just awesome how they replaced a really, really poor secondary. Obviously, they gave away Jeff Kuda, who was a guy that they drafted very highly. Um, wasn't Brad Holmes and and Dan Campbell's draft, but um, a guy that they thought of highly initially. But they replaced them with three really good DBs. Um, they also brought in David Montgomery. Brought in Marvin Jones, who's a stable veteran, who's been there before in Detroit, who I really like. And then Graham Glass now also as a as a swing offensive lineman for them for an offensive line that is really, really good, really young and growing. Um, they were also able to retain Alex Anzalone, who is kind of the heartbeat of that defense, even if it's a bad defense. Um, he was really important for them to bring back some of the notable departures for them. Uh, they traded DeAndre Swift during the draft. Jamal Williams left for... New Orleans, so nice to bring in David Montgomery to to kind of supplement those two pieces. And then they lost DJ Chark to your Carolina Panthers, who we just mentioned. Let's talk about the draft class a little bit, because I think it was one that people were expecting some fireworks from, from this team, having four picks in the first two rounds. I think they got it, but not in the way that I think that people expected in terms of the fireworks. Yeah. But if you if you look at the pieces that they got. Maybe it wasn't the best value taking Gibbs at 12 or taking Jack Campbell at 18, but I think they added guys that they needed that supplement the rest of their team. Um, some other notable guys. They brought in Sam Laporta, who I really liked as tight as a tight end. Um, one of the early tight ends to get taken in the second round. And then Brian Branch, who was one of my favorite players coming out this year to also supplement that back end. And then, like I mentioned, your plan for quarterback post Jared Goff, they got Hendon Hooker in the third round. I think that's great value that to get. Was, a, that was a huge pick for them. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I, I love that pick. Right. I think it was really the icing on the cake for them. Cause if you looked at their, their needs, they needed to get stronger in the secondary. They did that with the three acquisitions in free agency and Brian branch. That secondary is now really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they Need needed to upgrade at linebacker. Jack Campbell does that. They needed another weapon in the backfield. Gibbs does that for them, and he can swing out as a wide receiver too. And you have your quarterback of the future possibly in place with Hendon Hooker. I think this is a really, really nice start for a team that has all the makings of being a playoff team this year and can compete for an NFC championship. I really believe that this year in a in a, in a weak conference. I'll tell you this, I – I'm going to say I'm going to first off defend what I thought was a very bad pick in number 12 at Jameer Gibbs. And I want to also I want to bolster this. I want to bolster it by saying that if if my suspicions are true and they they execute this flawlessly, I think that this would be the dimension of the offense that they gain from a Jameer Gibbs that would catapult them to legitimate NFC championship like against the Eagles kind of competition and that is that Jared Goff over the course of his career I I don't have the statistics in front of me but I know I know of them he is crazy good I mean yes it was with a Sean McVay it was with a Todd Gurley but he is amazing when it comes to checking down to running backs it is one of his best 
statistics uh, year in and year out when it comes to, you know, his quarterback play. And that's the only thing that makes sense to me and why they hated DeAndre Swift so much. Yes, he wasn't available so much, but even when he was available and it was well known and was told to us before games that he's totally good, ready to go, we would always be so shocked that he'd have a 25%, 30% snap share and Jamal Williams is in on third and tens. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And yes, when he gets the ball, he's extremely efficient, you know, DeAndre Swift, but they... There has to be something that we weren't seeing or we weren't we didn't know. And it has to be that, in my opinion, it's the only thing that makes sense to me that he wasn't doing his part when it came to, you know, running his routes and and being, you know, a, a important part in that pass game out of the backfield. I think if Jameer Gibbs is nuts and just is amazing at it right out the gate, it could be huge for this offense. Right. Uh unfortunate that they lose Jameson Williams for six games with his suspension. But I think another little wrinkle in this whole offseason that was really, really important for them was retaining their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, Mm -hmm. who was a hot name around the league to get a head coaching job. And I think probably next year he will be a head coach somewhere. But really, really important for them this offseason to uh, keep that cohesiveness that they had last year and build upon that. But he's a really, really dynamic offensive coordinator. And I think getting a guy like Gibbs is kind of open up his playbook a little bit more. Um, and they got weapons, man. They got some weapons with Amon Ra and this, yeah, this offensive line. I really like what the uh, what the Lions did, and I think a playoff uh, appearance is. I don't, I don't want to guarantee anything, but they're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's they're in the they're in a very weak NFC for sure. I, I I agree with you. I mean, there's no way they don't take an additional step up. They started off horribly. And what did they do? Win seven in a row. Yeah. Right. They're going to be very, they're going to be fierce. They're going to be nuts. You know, come, they're going to be battering Ram out of the season. They, they, they might stumble again a little bit, but not nearly to the degree that they did last year. Right. All right. Let's move on to your second team. Who you got? Yeah. Uh, my second team, no surprise. If anyone was listening to any other, other episodes, it has to be the Steelers. Absolutely obsessed with their draft. Their draft was one, a one or one, a one, a one B for me. I mean, it's right up there. It, it was, it was top notch in a plus completely. And, and I've said it a hundred times. They're massive winners this off season, just off of that draft alone. But more importantly, I, I do want to harp on, and I believe this is the biggest reason that they're winners. I believe they truly set up Pickett, Kenny Pickett, their quarterback, who showed a ton of flashes last year. I mean, it was a nine and eight team, and the team was not very good. It really wasn't. He, you know, had to battle with a lot. This defense had a ton, ton of injuries. TJ Watt, most notably, it was a secondary that was brutal and you know, this offense didn't seem to be clicking, which is very, very, you know, that's a, a common thing to see. But he showed flashes down the stretch in his rookie season for sure. And I believe that they set him up for a breakout sophomore year, sophomore season. And that is going to depend on if he has it in him. I, I love when teams really set up for that sophomore, you know, jump because it at least shows you what you got. So you're not wasting just endless just oodles amounts of time. Right. Like, the same way the Jets did. We know all about that. We know fucking (laughs) all about that shit. So, you know, I'll run through it real quick. They address O-line with with Samalo. I'm probably butchering it, but from Philly. Great guard. Has 40 uh, 
I don't know how many starts. He had like 60 starts over seven seasons with Philly. And we know how, you know, lethal that O-line is. He's a great piece. They get Broderick Jones at pick 14, the absolute fridge with with limbs uh, out of out of Georgia for to, to sure up left tackle. Then they get A-Rob to pair, you know, Allen Robinson, which you have to assume he's got some juice in him still. Uh, you can't base anything off of last year you can't and two years ago he looked very good he looked great so you pair that with Deontay Johnson George Pickens who's going to be in his sophomore year maybe getting some chemistry with with Pickett Fryermuth, who was great last year their tight end and Najee so you, you set him up you set him up perfectly I'll go over really quick also I because I, I love what they did on the opposite side of the ball this was actually a team a defense that overperformed way more than they should have for the guys they got. And that's to no surprise. They have Mike Tomlin as their coach, an absolute legend. Uh, th- they steal Joey Porter Jr. Uh, safety. Oh, my gosh, safety corner out of out of Penn State. They signed safety DeMonte, uh, DeMonte Kazee, who uh, honestly plays some great football. I believe he's only like 28 as well. I think that was a big signing for them uh, to play alongside Minka. They signed Pat Peterson, who played great. I know he's like, you know, 100 years old, but you can't can't hurt to get him in there, see if he has another year in him, which is not impossible. He played well last year. Uh, and and like I said before, that's to address the 20. They were 26th in yards per pass allowed, and they had some dogs getting after these quarterbacks. So the, the fact that you're 26th in yards per pass allowed, it's unacceptable, and that should allow – you know, the likes of Alex Highsmith, who took a huge jump last year, and T.J. Watt to get home even more. They addressed the middle of that D-line with Cano Benton. They got um, they got Larry O. I, I always forget his last name. Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. I mean, he's a staple. You, you get some guys in the middle of that old D-line, which was already very, very stout against the run. This team is, this team is good. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if, if they uh, – this this is a little crazy. I wouldn't be shocked if they're, you know, a game or two out from Cincy. Yeah, I mean, this is a really, really strong division. Um, yeah. And I think what we've seen over the course of the Mike Tomlin era is that regardless of the team he has, they're going to bring it every week, and they're going to play above their talent level. And, I mean, what, they go 9-8 and eight last year? This team That's- is This team is far better. Than they were last year, far better. So, I mean, you got to expect that they take another jump. I I know it's a tough division, but um, this is a really really good team, and this is a team that has the mindset that they're winners. Um, so I I really love it. And you mentioned their draft. I mean, how could you not be obsessed with this draft? I feel like they got all Steelers guys too, yeah. guys who love ball, um, and guys who just want to bring it. And I mean, like we said, even for Carolina, it starts and ends with the quarterback. Um, Kenny Pickett showed some good flashes last year. Hopefully he takes that next jump, like you said. Um, but I really like this team. I think offensive line maybe a little bit of an issue for them coming all coming together, two new guys on the left side. Yeah. Um but that's gonna be big because he he was he was he was running for his life a lot. Yeah, he got sacked a bunch. He was you know, only played in thirteen games and he got he got he got sacked 27 times, but he was also he's also a fairly elusive quarterback. He's not someone who's a, a statue in that pocket by any means. And the fact that they're getting him 27 times still, and this is not a team that has a ton of pass, you know, passing attempts. 
So it, it, it's clo- it was close to like an 8% sack rate when right. he's dropping back. That's unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll move on to my second team, uh, which is another AFC North team. I really like what the Cleveland Browns did this offseason. I thought this was another important offseason for, for this team. They brought Deshaun Watson in last year, only got six games out of him because of his suspension. But now they have a full offseason with him for their quarterback to grow with this offense. Um, I think that was a, a, a big thing for them to get right this offseason. And then they also really needed to address this front four. They needed to get somebody else opposite Miles Garrett. And they needed somebody in the middle of this defensive line because they were absolutely pathetic against the run last year. They were bottom five uh, yards per carry against. And I think they really, really covered covered it. Um, the trade that just came through a few days ago for Zadarius Smith, I think was an awesome, awesome deal for them. They, get, they gave away a fourth and a fifth. Uh, in 2025 to bring over Zadarius Smith, who was top 20 in the league last year and pressure rate mm-hmm. that takes a ton of double teams off of miles Garrett, a ton of offensive line shade towards his side. And now you got to respect both of them. Um, they also had the trade with the, with the jets to bring in Elijah Moore. I think they needed another weapon also to pair with Amari Cooper and Donovan's people's Jones. And then I mentioned that interior defensive line that they needed to address they got Dalvin Tomlinson from Minnesota. who's a really, really good run defender. So I really like the deal they did there. Um, a couple of the notable guys, Juan Thornhill from the from the Chiefs, really nice player on the back end that they signed to a, a pretty favorable deal. Um, and then I thought, I thought the Chiefs would keep him. I know. I was. Uh, I, I was, was shocked. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough when you pay a quarterback fifty million a year. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta make some, gotta make some tough cuts. Yeah. Um. Some of the guys, they didn't really lose anybody too notable either. Um, they lost Jacoby Brissett, so they lose a quarterback in their room that they felt was stable as a backup. Taven Bryan along the defensive line, Chase Winovich along the defensive line, uh, Greedy Williams, who just didn't pan out for them, and corner. And then Kareem Hunt is still unsigned. Not sure what they're going to do there. They do need another running back behind Nick Chubb, so... They also they also lost Dearness Johnson, who's who is a very right. solid backup. I mean, he came in not when both of them were injured for a few games last year, and he was awesome. So right, I I don't think they're gonna have too much trouble filling that second running back role. We've seen a ton of these veteran running backs just hanging out there because nobody wants to pay them. They randomly get signed week four, and they're fine. Right. And, and they and then they run for twenty two, one twenty, and a touchdown. They, right. It's actually. It's silly. We do we see it all the time now. Um, so I do think there's a possibility that they do bring Kareem Hunt back, but even if they brought somebody else behind Nick Chubb just to supplement, um, I think that would be great for them. And then in the we'll move to the draft. I think this team did a great job identifying some values late. They didn't pick until the third round. And I mean, I counted one, two, three, four, five guys that can make an impact in year one. They took Cedric Tillman in the third round. I really, really liked Cedric Tillman coming out. Big-bodied wide receiver that kind of complements what Amari Cooper, what Elijah Moore, and what Donovan Peoples-Jones do. And all of a sudden, this receiving court is pretty pretty good for, for Deshaun Watson. They took Siaki Ika in the third round, who didn't play great last year, but he has so much talent. And if they can just kind of hone that in, um, he could be a really nice player for them. Dewan Jones falling to the fourth round 
was great value for them. I know he didn't do great in the interviews people are saying, but just an absolute mammoth of a human being that they don't need him to play in year one because their offensive line is still really good, but he could be a swing tackle for them. He could start for them if they needed him to. Um, Isaiah McGuire along the defensive line was a guy I really liked coming out of Missouri. Um, DTR, who was a quarterback you really liked coming out. Um, I think that's a really, really nice backup spot for him. And then we mentioned it in uh, our favorite draft picks, Luke Whipler falling to the sixth round. Great value for them. Could definitely start in a pinch this year. And I think could start as your starting center moving forward. Um, So I think they really hit all their needs. um, And they just kept adding to uh, an already strong roster. And And now you have the full, now you have the full off season with Deshaun Watson to get comfortable with these receivers and have everybody gel. I think this could be a really, really strong team. It's a tough division, like we said, but this is a damn good team on paper. Yeah, I mean, there's been crickets. Has anyone ever, has anyone been talking about Deshaun at all? No, he's been good keeping himself out. Yeah, let's not forget who this guy is. Uh, I mean, obviously, as a person. (laughs) You know that that's yeah, what are you trying to say? But, no, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, as a football player, I mean, he got his the contract he got, and you know the the trade for him was as substantial of a trade for him for a reason. So uh, you know he's shown multiple times he's he's the real deal. So I expect him to get definitely this year a lot closer back to the old Deshaun Watson, if not on par with Deshaun Watson when he was last with the Texans. So yeah, I, I I think they killed it. And this, I don't get it. This, you know, this AFC North is just going to be. It's always a gauntlet, man. It's going to be a gauntlet. I I mean, it's going to be must, must watch TV appointment television. Anytime they're facing each other more than it already is. Right. All right. Let's get to your third team. Who you got? Third team. It's got to be the New York jets. Love it. I hate to be a homer. Obviously, we're <laughs> Jets fans on this podcast. I want to be as biased as possible, but it's just not possible. I mean, do I need to say more than Aaron Rodgers? No, we can we can end the pod. If can you we want. can we end the pod? Can we go <laughs> next? I mean, if I told you last year, if I just 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 go into uh, let's go back to the future. Okay, back, back to the past. Back though. to the past. <laughs> back to the past. But back to the future, good good flick. Shout out Nikki P. If I told you last year that in 2023 and 2024 season, the Jets will be featured in five primetime games, five, and have the sixth highest odds of winning the championship, I'm going to be honest with you. My first guess would be they left, they left the NFL and they joined the XFL. <laughs> Am I wrong? How does that make sense? It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. I feel like I'm in a dream. I'm in a trance. I still don't get it. Football needs to start, but let's get into a little bit, a little bit of the X's and O's of it. I I won't be too long. I promise. I mean, in spite of the quarterback position last year, it is worth noting, you know, in spite of the quarterback position or, you know, the, the most important position in professional sports. Just want to reiterate, you know, the importance of the quarterback position because, wow, was their horrific play at it for the Jets last year. They they just have a very talented and and especially young roster. You know, they then on top of that, 
this offseason. Let's not even talk Rodgers. We're talking outside of Rodgers. They go out and they sign Lazard, Mecole Hardman, to help round out that wide receiver room with Garrett Wilson. Obviously, they got Randall Cobb, they, but who cares? But they uh, <laughs> they got – got to put some respect on his name, though. They obviously lost Elijah Moore, a very electric, underutilized piece that they had. They get Nathaniel Hackett, who his one-year stint at in Denver, you know, he wants to forget, and many people want to forget because it got it was god awful. But I believe that he still has some great play calling in him for sure. We all saw Russ absolutely be horrible, and especially the first like eight weeks before he let. Because then, when did he give up uh, play calling responsibility? Yeah, I think it was like around midseason. It was midseason, but yeah. I remember many, many grueling, brutal primetime games that the Broncos were in in the first eight weeks of that season of last season. And I saw guys open all day long. Russ couldn't get from the first first read to the second read. He was he was incapable of it. Um I, I still think he has a good chance of coming whatever. I'm actually gonna skip that. But um yeah then they go out and they draft they draft more protection for their first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Again that still sounds seems weird to say out loud. Uh with Joe Tipman who, uh, you know, 6'6", six, six, crazy athlete, could play center, could play guard. We don't know. We know that the Jets love to have versatile old linemen and just move them around. You know, th- these five guys could be anywhere, really, at the start of the season, which is awesome. And then lastly, on the other side of the ball, they draft the toolsy edge prospect. They get Will McDonald, who, you know, my opinion, I've said it a ton of times, overdrafted when you're drafting him at the 15 spot. But he he was utilized terrifically in college. So put him out at the wide nine. He's going to have every chance to flourish in this solid in this solid defense. It's just a fact. So hopefully he does. If he doesn't, this was really a luxury piece. It really was. And it was more so to replace Bryce Huff if they don't want to sign him going into next year. They have a ton of edge rushers. They have a ton of D-line. Uh, so, I mean, it could be just a, a net positive. I don't see it being a net negative. Then they go out, they sign Chuck Clark for the back end to pair with uh, Jordan Whitehead and hopefully be at least a hundred times better than LaMarcus Joyner, which is not totally hard to do. Um, And then they got a human bear in Al Woods because they needed, they needed some, you know, they needed some help in the middle of that D line stopping the run. And this is a guy who's done it better than anyone in the past 15 years. He's also a hundred years old. So hopefully he's alive by the end of the season. But lastly, I'll stop it here. I mean, if this team isn't super bowl bound, I uh, I I don't know anything about football. Oh yeah, baby, jet yeah, up, right? Jet, jet jet up, jet the fuck up. Yeah, I mean it. It started. It starts and ends with with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, this team almost made the playoffs last year with Zach Wilson, with Joe Flacco, and with Mike White. Put some respect on Mike White's name. Yeah, actually, well, sorry, Mike. Um, but bringing in Aaron Rodgers, he's already the greatest quarterback in our franchise's history. Um, so that's. That's everything for the Jets. This defense is good enough to make the playoffs on its own with competent quarterback play. Now you add Aaron Rodgers. I think Garrett Wilson is going to explode this year. Nice for Rodgers to bring in some pieces that he's comfortable with, with Lazard, with Cobb. And you get a speedster with Miko Hardman. Hopefully, Brees Hall, all reports are saying that uh, his ACL recovery, he's recovering nicely. So nice to get another piece like him back in our offense, I think it became 
pretty stagnant offense once we lost him last year. And then the offensive line. We had a million injuries last year. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy. Who knows what happens with Becton? I honestly stay healthy. Yeah. I don't even count yeah. Becton towards our roster anymore. Yeah, and like if he plays, it's just a luxury. But I do think our offensive line is good enough, is deep enough now that we can get by with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I think it's playoffs for sure for the Jets. And this team has a damn good shot at getting to the Super Bowl. I know the AFC is a very, very tough conference. A ton of teams with really, really strong quarterbacks, but I think we have the defense to match up with people. And if we have Aaron Rodgers, man, playing well, sky's the limit for this team. Let's that's, go. That's facts, baby. That's All right, facts. it's it still feels surreal. All right, that's I'm gonna round. Fun. I'm gonna round out our uh, <laughs> our favorite off season teams uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. I think some people thought I might be mentioning the Philadelphia Eagles, but even though the Eagles did have a great offseason, I'm going to mention the Seahawks because I really love what they did. Um, this team just keeps getting younger, keeps getting stronger. Locking up Geno this this offseason was really, really important for them. I thought they may look for a quarterback, possibly, having two picks in the first round. Um, they didn't go that way. They believe in Geno, so I am all in on that strategy for them. They needed to get stronger in the front four. I think Pete Carroll harped on it a million times this off season. So I think we were all kind of shocked when they didn't take an edge, an edge defender. Tyler Wilson was staring him in the face. Right. Um, I'll get to their draft, but uh, in free agency, they brought in Draymond Jones. It's a really, really nice player. Really good signing for them. They brought in Jaron Reed. Um, they also supplemented their linebacking core. They brought back Bobby Wagner, longtime Seahawks, so we love that for the locker room, and he, I think he's still got some juice to play. They brought in Devin Bush, who is a guy that hasn't really panned out with the, with the Steelers, but um, he's an athletic freak at the linebacker position, so hopefully Bobby Wagner can uh, can take him under his wing. They brought in Julian Love to help I supplement. I love that Bobby's back, by the way. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, no. I mean, who doesn't love Bobby Wagner in a – in a Seahawks jersey. That's great. Yeah, it is. It's good football. Um, they did lose a, a couple guys along the uh the defensive line that you mentioned. Al Woods headed over to the Jets. Quentin Jefferson and Puna Ford all gone. Uh they also lost Rashad Penny, but they did take a running back in this draft. We mentioned the draft. At five, they end up taking Devon Witherspoon, who we all really loved coming out of college, all loved the tape. Thought they would definitely go edge rusher, but I see what they're trying to do. They have arguably a top five cornerback duo now that are 23, 22 years old. Crazy. So with him and, and Tariq Wollin, that's really, really nice secondary. They bring in Jack Smith and Jigba to be the third option, honestly. And then once Tyler Lockett's done, he'll, he'll take over that second that second fiddle to DK, DK Metcalf really, really nicely. They finally took an edge rusher. They took Derek Hall who was uh, a player that Ray really liked coming out of scouting. I really liked him too. Um, just to to add to this defensive line that they keep adding to with guys like Boy Mafe last year. They took Zach Charbonnet, which I think we all kind of questioned a little bit. I know you and I are, are big Kenneth Walker guys. Um, Huge. I do really like – I didn't love the pick in terms of taking a running back in the second round when you already have a – I won't say established running back, but 
a fairly dominant running back from what we saw last year, but he did face some injury concerns in the beginning of in the beginning of last year and at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So you get a two headed monster with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. We know Pete Carroll wants to ground and pound the football, and they're going to do that this year yeah. um, behind a strong young offensive line. And then I think they got some good values on the offensive line late in the draft too. Anthony Bradford, a really good player. I think they got him in the fourth at guard. Mm-hmm. And then Olu Olu Timmy from Michigan. I think he could be their starting center this year. I think they took him. They also took him day three. Um, so Seattle, just a really strong young roster that is going to keep building year after year. And if Geno plays like he did last year, I mean, we keep mentioning this this NFC how weak it is. I mean, this team is set up to compete against the Eagles, against the 49ers, and against the Lions and teams like that. Um, so I really love what they did. And, I mean, I know we questioned that that Devon Witherspoon pick, but I think you're going to see it this year that teams are going to have a really, really tough time throwing on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate that I I hate that I had to question in the first place. Right. Because I, I, how many times did I say it? I thought he had the best tape in the class. I thought he was up there with the best tape in the class right alongside Jalen Carter. Just flat out simple. He was still 1B to me to Christian Gonzalez. That has nothing to do with it. I just think that the cornerback position, sadly, has more proven statistics and analytics backing the exact size and 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 makeup you have to be to really succeed at the next level. And he was a, a tad short of that. So I I you know Christian Gonzalez is a great great prospect. But I, but I digress. The Zach Charbonnet pick. You know it's I, I like him a lot. Uh, I I think where they got him was solid value for him. I, it just didn't make a ton of sense to me. I thought there were some really solid pass rushing options out there that they could have went nice little dart throw. Kenneth Walker showed show all all last year. Yes, he had a little bit injury concerns, and that's honestly a great point. I didn't really think about that too much, but he's a workhorse. He's a workhorse back, highly efficient. He does everything awesome. Just you have them already. Get get like we said the the multiplic the 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 dozens of veteran running backs that are ready to be there and be a, a serviceable backup and and guys that if they need to have meaningful snaps are efficient. So I, I didn't see the need for it. Um, but really, this team is could be nasty. This team is great. I'm looking forward to it. They're going to be a problem for a lot of teams. And just like you said, I think when they really wanted to make this 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 team and this roster, they wanted they like envisioned themselves against the top of the top, of course. And that's going to be the Niners. I mean, devoid of them being obviously in their division, but them and the Eagles. And and this is a team that matches up well against them. And right. Gino, don't forget, he just broke every Seattle Seahawks passing record. Dude, I mean they are you know was the truth last year. Yeah. I mean they their draft class last year was was all time. Getting Wollen, getting Kenneth Walker, getting bookend tackles and Charles Cross and Abe Lucas. And they just keep adding to this. And all those guys played really, really well last year, which just makes it all the better, obviously. But I mean, this team is like too deep at almost Imagine every position. Half of those guys take another step too. It, it's yeah. definitely possible. Right. Yeah, yeah, scary. Right, and they're just they're just deep. They're too deep at every position. They really are. I I just obviously am a little concerned at that edge, but they do. They have, 
you know, employed a lot of draft capital into the edge rushers. They have a ton on their roster that are young guys that can develop. Maybe they just have a lot more, you know, belief in them than we do. All right. All right. So those were our, our six teams that, that we really liked what they did this off season. Let's get a little pessimistic now. Some teams that we, we didn't love their off season. We're going to give one each, uh, Dino, who left you wanting more this off season? So this one's going to be quick because it's the chargers and it's the chargers for one reason. They left me wanting more because they didn't do much at all. That's it. A ton of teams improved their team a lot. The chargers, I mean, we know now what we've been NFL fans for forever. And now more than ever, it's seen at least the, you know, cap space is fake. Almost the salary cap is fake. Like there's, that's not an excuse why they didn't get more stuff done. They were the worst team against the run by a solid margin. They let up 5.4 yards per carry, which is unbelievable to think of considering the sample size and the amount of times they were ran on. They let up over 144 yards per game and they didn't even encounter top 10 uh, most rushing plays against them. And that for one reason is because they have a very, very electric and great offense that tends to get, you know, ahead of the eight ball and ahead of the opposing team. But if they're left behind teams, they are going to stay there. They, if you can't stop the run and you're down 14, you're down 10 against even the chiefs who don't have a very dynamic run game, you're going to stay down. You're not going to come back. I get, I, I mean, obviously you can, you have Justin Herbert, but they go out and they sign Eric Kendricks, who's 31, going to be 32 in the middle of this season, I believe. Yes, very good. He had an all-pro year, what, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Great player for, for the Vikings. He, he has been for a long time and can be a guy who helps the run game, but I don't see how that being their cornerstone, you know, move of the offseason. I feel like that basically makes my case. Then they get Jalen Guyton, who's coming off an ACL. I mean, those are the two guys you get excited about. Then you go to their draft. They don't address the interior D line. That they have they still you can't start with Sebastian Joseph Day. You have a 32, 33 year old Khalil Mack. Joey Bosa is going to be 28. He's still going to be awesome. Khalil Mack is probably going to be very good, but they just don't have the guys. They get Quentin Johnson at 21, my wide receiver one. Love it. Very excited to see it. Tad repetitive. I, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see. They get Tuli, uh, to a pol- uh, Paluto. Pelotu, sorry, the edge out of USC was not a big fan of them and does not address their needs. I, I get it. I like it as a, you know, replacement for Khalil. Uh, but, and then they, I, I do really do like this pick. They get Diane Henley, the linebacker out of Washington State at pick 85. Very good pick. They need it. They did not exercise their fifth year option on Kenneth Murray, who has been piss poor and, is still probably going to not play very well. They obviously have no faith in him to do so. So Diane Henley probably getting in there, getting some 30, 40% snap share this year could be could be nice moving into next year. They got some okay pieces, but I I, I mean, I, even on top of that, they, they have Austin Eckler, who's clearly very, very upset at the organization and not going to stay with them. So I don't know. There's... 
I don't get very excited by by this offseason. I think they left a lot to be desired. It's still going. They're still going to have a top notch secondary, which obviously plays well against their division. But tell me, sauce, am I crazy? Uh, no, you're not crazy. And I think this conversation around this team has been interesting over the past few years since Justin Herbert has come into the league because I think everybody wanted to to crown him maybe over Joe Burrow to start in the rookie year. Um, Did everyone. And they didn't make the playoffs in in his first two years, and then they finally make the playoffs last year, and then they blow, what, a a 27-point lead uh, against the Jags? Mm -hmm. So Crazy. They they had a lot to do this offseason, and they just didn't get it done. They're going to have a good offense because he is he is an electric quarterback, um, and they do have a, a decently good offensive line with with some weapons that you know Keenan Allen's getting up there. But I think bringing in Quentin Johnson was was really nice for them. But man, this defense they got names on it, but they just don't play that well. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, Derwin James for is still unreal and yes. like i said the, the secondary is very nice but their interior d line or their d line just outside of cleo mac and, and bosa are either 30 plus or 29 plus or undrafted free agents right and no gripe on undrafted free agents i believe they make up like what like 35 percent of all nfl rosters mm-hmm. but you you're not you're not hyped if you're saying that your D line is all undrafted free agents. You're just not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think they still in, even in a strong AFC, I still think they are good enough to, to make the playoffs as a, as a, uh, a wild card team. But man, honestly, I, I don't the, think they do against I, the, I, this is a big sell team for me. I think they have, Big problems against the Raiders. I would not be surprised if the Raiders take two off of them. Broncos, Broncos, if they have a, a sound run game, which I see, and you know, and Russ, you know, obviously gets a bit better, not not a bit better, but bounces back, which I definitely see with with a Sean Payton there. He's obviously a mastermind, like an evil genius, and and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they go like two and six easy just in division play. And if you're doing that, you're behind the eight ball severely. There's a, this AFC is too strong. I don't think this team makes, uh, this isn't a playoff team in my opinion. Yeah. I'm actually like looking at the AFC right now and I'm trying to stack them a little bit. I'm taking the bills. I'm taking the jets over them. I'm taking the Bengals over them. I think I might take the Browns over them too. I might take the Steelers over them too right now. Jags over them. The chiefs. There's seven teams right there, and there's a couple I you may name, have. You didn't even name the Ravens. Yeah, I didn't name the Ravens. I didn't name the Dolphins. Ravens. Pats are always weird, man. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, it's for sure possible. You have, you have Herbert. That's right. it. It doesn't. You have Herbert and Eckler's still absolutely dynamic. This is a. This is a very good. This is a very solid old line. Jamari Salyer, which was a great pick for them. They got Lindsley Slater on this old line. They have three dynamic pass catchers. Gerald Everett, even though he can't block, and he sometimes has some horrific, horrific motor. He, you know, he's still very good at catching the ball for sure. It's not possible. They just need to score 80 points a game. Yeah. It's uh 
Brian Staley definitely on the hot seat this year. They gotta get it. They gotta get ahead in these games. Right. And guess what? They, you we saw it last year. They have big time trouble holding these leads right. because they don't have any run game. Right. And they, I understand why they didn't address running back this offseason. It makes sense because they've used a ton of draft capital in it, and they're just guys that don't get it done. Maybe they have, maybe they have, uh, you know, faith in Isaiah Spiller to be that one two punch with Eckler and run the ball efficiently. But besides, you know, beforehand, besides that, they could uh, encounter some problems there for sure. Yeah. They'll be an interesting team to watch moving forward. Uh, let's get to the last team. My my team that left me underwhelmed. You were, uh, you know, you were complaining a little bit about the Chargers not doing anything this offseason. I want to talk about the team who didn't do anything this offseason. <laughs> less than nothing. Was their counterpart in, in L.A., in, in the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> they didn't, they signed one player who was not on their roster last year, and he was backup quarterback, Brett Ripien. That was the only player they brought in from another team. Now, obviously, great they, sign. They have been in cap hell for however many years. They just kept bringing in veterans, kept bringing in veterans, trading all their picks away for for these players. Now, it did work. They won the Super Bowl two years ago, so good on them. They don't give a fuck, honestly, what this roster looks like now. But this is a really, really important season for them because there has been so much talk about Sean McVay leaving the team and heading to the booth where he will make a fuck ton of money. And to see what they did for him to maybe try to convince him to stay just left you wondering, man, at what point is he checked out at this season? Because this roster is fucking bad. Really, really bad. Outside of Stafford, who wasn't healthy at all last year with his elbow. We'll see what happens with him. Cooper Cup, who was injured last year. And then you obviously have Aaron Donald. But, man, this secondary who was so good for, for so long, this pass rush that was so good for, for so long, these this defense is weak, really, really weak. Dude, if I went through all the names of, of their starting 11 right now, projected starter 11, I, I, unless you are actually like an NFL freak, you know two, maybe, <laughs> maybe three. It's actually hilarious. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I know a good amount of the names, but I do not know all eleven. You're not a you're not a Russ East fan. <laughs> I'm not it. I mean, I know Darian Kedrick, but but Kobe Durant. I mean, I mean, yeah. Um. Yeah. So well, fun times though. Yeah. Kind kind of mentioned what they didn't do, bringing in any free agents. Um. I'll kind of just rattle off the the guys they lost. Um, they traded Jalen Ramsey for a third round pick and the tight end um, to the Dolphins. Odell is gone on Baltimore now. Bobby Wagner headed to Seattle. Ashawn Robinson, who was a nice young player for them, that was defensive that line. Was surprising. Yeah, headed to, headed to the Giants. Um, Leonard Floyd is still a free agent. Not sure what's going to happen with him. I don't even think they can sign him. I think they're still uh, kind of strapped for cash. I think they only have four million right now in cap space. How do they have uh, anything? Nick Nick Scott and Taylor Rapp on the back end, uh, Greg Gaines along the defensive line, David Edwards on the offensive line, and then Baker Mayfield. All those guys gone. Yeah, they they, they lost a ton. Those are a ton of big time contributors. A ton of snaps within those guys for sure. Right. And and I I have to go back to what you were talking about, Sean McVay. What like when he's week eight and they're two and six, 
They just got destroyed by the Niners. Like, like absolutely just sit on like he's gonna be he's boy. gonna be dreaming of like, uh, of the Dominican Republic. Yeah, what what is stopping him from pulling a Cliff Kingsbury and just like, you know, just oh, I you know what did he do? He bought a one way ticket to what? Yeah, to, to Thailand. To Thailand, and he didn't buy it. And he was like, oh, I don't know when I'm coming back. Well, what's stopping him from doing that with his with his wife? Right. I I don't disagree. I think. Uh, are I they think married? This... By the way, they're probably married. Uh, yeah, they are married. Um, like what? But we're making yeah. five hundred million in the booth. I mean, yeah, it, you're uh, you're right. I think this this season could go very very sour for them, very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to hit on the draft a little bit. This is a team that does not typically have a ton of draft picks. Um, they have just consistently brought in veterans via trades and via free agency, but. They had 14 picks this year, which is very un-Rams-like. 11 of them, 11 of them were on day three, so um, they still didn't have a first-round pick this year. But a couple of guys that that they brought in, Steve Avila, who we all liked. I know you're you're a big, big Steve Avila fan. They they just needed to get younger everywhere. Uh, Byron Young along the defensive line. Kobe Turner along the defensive line. They brought in Stetson Bennett as a quarterback, possibly of, of the future. Um Another one of your guys, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, late day three, and then Zach Evans, uh, a running back that maybe they can get some production out of next to Cam Cam Akers. Um, like I said, they needed to get younger everywhere. This this team was aging. Not a bad, the, it's not a bad draft, but they no, legit for, lost. Well, th- those are all like I mean, ninety percent of their picks are fifth and sixth and seventh rounders. Right, they're day, they're day three picks, but. This is a team that just lost. I mean, you ran through it perfectly. All those names; those were all staples on their team, right? The a lot players. of these young guys are going to be playing a ton of snaps this year. Like, I mean, between Avila, Byron Young, I think Kobe Turner is going to get a lot of run. I think THT is going to get run this year, and I think Zach Evans is going to get touches this year too. Like, they're going to need a lot of these rookies to play well to have any sort of shot to make the playoffs this year. I don't think they are good enough. And with Stafford and his elbow. What do you elbow, think, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, 3,000 yards? I mean, they're literally yards. going to have to throw him the ball every single play. Every single to do play. anything. I mean, I mean, he's got Skoranek ahead uh, opposite side of him. Yeah, the, I do like Van Jefferson. He was hurt last year, but but that's going to that's gonna be fun to see him. Hopefully he has a solid year. I I, I think he does. But. Right. I mean, and I, I haven't really heard anything about Stafford's elbow, but that's a major problem. You have elbow concerns as a quarterback. That that stuff just doesn't go away. Um, so I'm very curious to see what this team looks this team like. Is beyond screwed, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's actually, if Ray was here, he'd be laughing uh, nonstop because he says it all the time. Right. And I think come next year, depending on the type of season they have, I think you could see McVeigh in the booth. I think you could see Matt Stafford possibly hang it up. I think you could see AD hang it up. So this I'm is going to be really, Stafford, really interesting. I'm shocked Stafford didn't hang it up. I and mean, the amount of punishment. I, I'm, I might be stumped to think of a guy who has taken more punishment over the course of their career than Matt Stafford. Maybe, you know, I mean, the first guy you think of is probably like Andrew Luck. But, I mean, he had half you know, half the length, even if that, right? like what a third in amount of years 
that he, you know, Stafford's been around. And Stafford just used to get pummeled as a lion. Yeah. I, I mean, it's almost a patented Stafford look to have your freaking to have the uh, the sleeve all the way like pushed up, tucked underneath the like the like you know like the yeah the like his shoulders shoulder popping out because <laughs> he's just destroyed. He's like limping everywhere. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, so th- they're gonna be an interesting one because, like we said, Sean McVay come week eight, depending on where this team is. Yeah, uh, one way ticket to Thailand, baby. Yeah, I know him and uh, him and Cliff are good friends. So yeah, they're maybe, close. Maybe Cliff's got a uh, an extra an extra bed in his villa for him. Be, All right, my man. If I wrap, that'd be hot as fuck. It's two hot guys traveling. Yeah, Thailand. just two hot guys hanging out, probably drinking. You know, <laughs> pinas. No, no problem. A little pina colada. Love it. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed. Some of our off-season reviews. Stay with us. We got some more content coming your way during this off-season. We're going to take a look back at the 2022 draft class and see how we did. Um, we're going to start doing our summer scouting coming up in a few weeks. So get excited for that. Looking already towards the 2024 draft. Any other news come the NFL off-season? It's a little slow time for us right now, but we're going to make sure that we got pods for you guys every week. We're going to keep the content coming. Stay tuned for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. And stick with us as we continue this 2023 season. Dino, my man, appreciate you. Yep. Much love.